Long ago in a galaxy not so far away, a podcast was born to explore all facets of the phenomenon that is Star Wars. Join your host, John Tolley, as he and his panel explore the stars here on War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Ray Rumsey. Ray, how are you today? I'm doing great. How is everybody? It's nice to see you. It's good to see you guys, too. And, of course, Mr. Joe Cahill. Joe, how are you? I am here, but you keep saying that, and I keep watching you guys. You are not beyond the watchful eyes of the Empire. <laughs> oh, uh, but you haven't got you haven't caught us yet. Oh no, I just don't like to travel to the East Coast. <laughs> Although I see you rebel scum are trying to burn our forest down out here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's well, sad. Hey, yeah, well, you, you see this little white spot yeah. over here on my shoulder? Clean T-shirt. Went outside for five minutes. Got ash all over it. Oh wow! It's falling out of the sky like snow. Mm. I didn't realize well, you were so close to it. Oh, it doesn't matter. We're, we're in a valley, so the winds just circle. Mm, gotcha. But yeah, we're we're probably 20, 20 miles or so away from <laughs> one. Well, if it keeps Whoa. up, you might end up with a Jawa infestation. Whoopie! <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not Furbies. I mean, he walks. <laughs> All right. Well, as you might know from some of our recent posts, um, we are live on Get Vocal. Proud to announce that Get Vocal is now the official home for War of the Stars. You can catch us every Wednesday night live at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, Come check us out. Join the fun. We always have a great time, and we'd love to get you guys to check us out here. But you're not... Dear fans, you can still hear us every week on Anchor.fm and all the affiliated podcasting stations that they are affiliated with. <laughs> Affiliates. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, it's really great to be a part of Vocal.com. Um, we ran into these guys <clears throat> through Force Fest last week, which was a blast. Um, I believe the shows are still up. On, I know they're definitely up on YouTube. I think you can still catch them here um, on Get Vocal. Um, just go to the, if you can't find them here, just go to YouTube and search for Force Fest and the Force Fest uh, YouTube page. All the shows are there. Our show is still up on anchor.fm. Check it out. Really great time, really great um, interaction with the fans. So uh, that was just a blast. Just a complete awesome, so much fun. So that brings us to here today, and we are going to be continuing our look through the movie series of Star Wars, and this time we're going to be looking at the prequels, and in particularly the movie that started it all. At the time, the most anticipated movie, probably of all time, at the time, I'd say, for its time in 1999, it was one of the most anticipated movies, I think, ever. Episode one, The Phantom Menace. Mm. And before we... <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get into the meat, uh, the, the dirty nitty gritty of this movie, 
Let's talk a little bit about the buildup to this movie and the hype, the anticipation, um, just everyone clamoring for Star Wars. The first time since Return of the Jedi, we were getting new Star Wars on the big screen and just how excited everybody was, how amped everybody was. And I mean, this was huge. Um, and I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how each one of us kind of what that in, what that was like, considering our the generations where we're all from, as far as you know what we grew up with and our kind of ages. So, Joe, you're you're the oldest. You remember the original Star Wars. So, what was this like for you finding out that there was going to be new Star Wars coming out? Excited but wary. Hmm. Um, I mean, the hype was so much bigger than even. Uh, back in the 80s for, for any of the originals uh, mm-hmm. for episode one was just huge. I mean, it was on everything. If, if they could put it on there for marketing purposes, it was yeah. on there. You know, Mountain Dew and Pepsi had special cans. Yeah. Uh, you, you could not take a step in a store without seeing Star Wars episode one merchandising everywhere or marketing mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, other brand names. So I was excited. I was praying it was going to be, you know, as good as the originals. Mm-hmm. Was I disappointed? Well, we'll get into that here as we talk. <laughs> we will. And we want to thank also before we get started, uh, let everyone know that we are also live on Facebook.com, Facebook Live. You can check us out there. And I believe we should also be live on YouTube, streaming on YouTube. Um, so just go to the, just search for War of the Stars and the War of the Stars page on YouTube and on Facebook, it is under Mark Tolly. So it's under my Facebook, my own Facebook page. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, what about you, Ray? What were kind of your leading up to the hype? And as we got ready to go into episode one, what was that hype like for you over over there where you were at? And how old were you during this time? Um uh... I don't even remember how old I was now. I'd have to do maths and stuff. And... Just take 20 years or so off. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I... Yeah, because it, yeah, it was about 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I was like 17 or 18. Oh, God, um... I, I'm doing this show with infants. <laughs> and my friends and I were so beyond excited to have this happen that, you know, we all stayed together at a hunting cabin so that we could leave for the midnight showing of it. And we were like so amped and so ready to go see the brand new star Wars that like we were out there with lightsabers in the dark, in the middle of the forest doing like choreographed lightsaber fights. And just, we were ready to go. And man, that was the the greatest midnight show I'd ever been to. Wow. Very cool. Oh, and we want to welcome Megan. Uh, she was a big help to us last week throughout the Force Force Fest. So, yeah, welcome Megan. Yeah, how's it going, Megan? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, and she's going to invite more people. Awesome, more the merrier here. Um, <laughs> for for me, I remember I remember the first trailer. I remember people applauding at the first at the end of the first trailer, the, the trailer, um, and just so much hype and like you said just what i remember is uh i didn't go to the midnight showing i went to the 
showing the first showing in the morning, early morning, right after I got off work and I worked overnight. So I got off work at seven o'clock in the morning and the store I worked at was right across the street from the movie theater. So I got in my car and drove across to the, the movie theater and there was a radio station that was doing a, a giveaway and they were giving tickets away and they had one more ticket to give away uh, when I got there. And the competition was who could do the best Yoda impersonation. And when I did, mm. <laughs> um, and I got to go in and see episode one. And I, you know, we will get into what we will we'll start getting into what we thought of the movie. But for me, I think the first, the first viewing, I definitely had my nostalgia blinders on. I definitely had the rose colored. It's star Wars. And it took me about two or three more viewings before I'm like, eh, this isn't the best movie of all time. Eh. <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. I'll still watch it if I see it on TV or if I have a chance, chance I'll still watch episode one. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not the best movie ever made. Um, and what about you? What were your first thoughts of viewing episode one ray yeah i mean we were so hyped up that i think we may have done it in ourselves but we left the movie theater and we were kind of like man i i feel like that could have been better but could have been worse (laughs) yeah and we'll get into that (laughs) (laughs) next week we will get into that um but yeah what about you joe what were your first kind of thoughts as when the scroll hit the screen and the uh, the music started, uh, I got chills up my back. You know, no lie. Oh yeah, I think everyone does. Yeah. And even to this day, even no matter what which one of the movies it is, it was that, the that first time you hear that score. Cool. As soon as you see that, you know, yeah. Star Wars and the, the 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 orchestra kicks off and then the scroll starts. Yeah, uh, it happens every time. Uh, then what? About five ten minutes into it, they blow a ship up on their own hangar deck. Yep. And I'm going, mm. yeah, and you. Just that's not smart, you know. Uh, and every other ship explodes huge when it's out in space, right? Uh, when they, yeah. you know, even a little Tie Fighter blows up really great, and this big transport that's sitting on the deck doesn't even damage their deck. Come on, I was like, okay, we're gonna start doing a little liberty with the script now and the licenses on how we're gonna mm. make it look. Um, yeah. In that ten minutes, though, they also gave us some new Jedi powers that we had not seen before. Uh, after the that mm-hmm. explodes, you know, you get the the holding the breath, uh, the Jedi sprint thing, uh, dropping yeah. from that real high level vent, all that kind of stuff. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So well, I, I my rose colored glasses came off pretty quick uh, as it yeah. started. Now, do you think that were at the time were you a were you a filmmaker at the time? Or were you just getting started? Was that kind of were you looking at it through a different lens? Uh, I hadn't started yet. I hadn't even started getting ready to start. Um, back then, I was still, you know, a, a, a military guy and a fraud investigator and doing that kind of stuff. Um, mm. So I, I don't know. Maybe it was just because I was there in 77. Yeah. And I know yeah. how the start of that, you know, of, of A New Hope, I mean, Star Wars, uh, actually made me feel the start of it just put you on the high ground and kept you going. I thought episode mm-hmm. one started off way too slow. Uh, mm. It was just, it was not that Star Wars kick you in the pants and get you going. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. That is one thing that's kind of interesting that you bring that up. That, um, you know, how each of the ones start and you're just kind of right there. You're just, boom, you're right there. And this one was kind of, like you said, a little bit slower. And yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, we're negotiating now? What, what's going on here? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> um, and yeah, it was just, it felt very, and everything, and I, I know now, looking back and kind of way we see what George has kind of explained, how George has kind of explained everything is everything seemed very clean, very polished, very, it didn't seem star Warsy to me, at least it seemed, you know, I think star Wars, I think of like a little bit grittier, a little bit grimier, you know, um, everything's got like a layer of dust on it Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And this seemed very clean. Yeah. It's you too know, much very... too much CGI for me. I mean That yeah. was it. That was it. Everything yeah, and was, it was just... still early in the technology for yeah. CGI. Yeah. So exactly. you could still spot yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You go you go from a you know, a series of movies where everything was practical effects and looked so good and so real to you know, the CGI where you're just kinda of like mm. mm-hmm. it you know. There's a few things that kind of took me out. Of it now, there were some things that were very state of the art and very. Um, and that's one thing you can say about George is George, when it comes to effects, George is always willing to take risk, he's always willing to push that boundary and try new things and you know, throw things against the wall and see what sticks. And you know, there's a lot of things that had been done before, and I think you know, George kind of was at the forefront of things like um, the uh, motion capture animation. You know, George was really at the forefront of that with, um, you know, characters like Jar Jar Banks. Uh, uh, as much hate as he gets, <laughs> that was a, yeah, and we'll, we'll get to the, we'll get to the Jar Jar hate. Um, that oh, was yes, very, <laughs> yeah, but that was very state of the art at the time. You know, that was, you know, a lot of real groundbreaking technology and um, well, and things being you know things being done that hadn't been done before. Yeah, well, there was a uh, you know a trilogy of movies coming out in not much different time period there that really brought it even to the next step, which would be the Lord of the Rings yeah. with Gollum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And you could see the two different yeah. um, philosophies on how to do it between them. Uh, I think you mm-hmm. can spot that in the film. George, well, I won't even say George, just the special effects team didn't go for the detail with Jar Jar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings went before with uh, Gollum. And it's too bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they'd gone for a sharper a sharper image and a, and a cleaner guy and maybe not, you know, native Jamaican. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, had him speak a different yeah. language and use their translators, something, anything would have been better than the, than the, the Jamaican accent thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was bad. Well, and, and it got, was because bad. he's, you know, he spoke, they, they had this thing about staying away from the humans, but they all spoke the humans common language. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's, and there's, there's no, that's the one thing, you know, in star Wars that you can't get away with really, as much as you can in say a show like Star Trek, because in Star Trek you can say, "Whoa, universal translator." That makes sense. That's why everyone can understand each other. 
you know, as far as I know, there's nothing like that in Star Wars that would that would show why everyone speaks basic. Right. And they had set it up really um, well in the original trilogy that Han basically transferred translated for Wook, for Wookiees all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, how hard would it have been to have either of the two Jedi there speak the Gungan language? Yeah. Right. Or at least understand it enough to translate. Yeah. Yeah. Force translate. Or, or make or say something like, you know, how is he able, you know, with Jar Jar sale, oh, how are you able to speak our language? He's like, well, I spent time, blah, blah, blah. After I got after I was banished from my from my city, I spent time, you know, with this family or whatever. It would just take a sentence to say you don't even need that. They never did that with Han Solo and Chewbacca. True. Yeah. You know, he never yeah. comes out and says why he understands Wookiee. He, he, yeah. I think Jar Jar but, had I to mean, learn it to be, you know, that was the first step in being Dark Lord of the Sith. There is that. So There is that. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's basic. true. Yes. Well, I think he's, <laughs> you know, I don't think he's a Sith. I just think he's a Dark Lord. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. that. I, really... I, I think he set the Sith up to fail later on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see how well you yeah. here, Sidious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll see who we'll see who ends up on top. <laughs> and we'll let you be the emperor for a little while. Yeah. Now it did give us. Yeah, the movie did give us in um, of the Sith race either. Yeah, and they be an offshoot of the Gungans. You know, sitting mm. in that uh, in those dark robes up in the the, the the stands, watching everything happening with Palpatine and and Ray. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Ooh, new <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, we find Jar Jar in the background going, I got you just where I want you. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the first episode. Uh, yes, agree, back to episode one. Definitely a dark Lord of some sort, because nobody's that stupid. Yeah. I mean, come on. My tongue. My tongue's not working. You know, you, nobody, everybody knows you don't stick. Yeah. That, that, that. Field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah, a they... water creature. <laughs> yes. Which, which that kind of makes uh, that, me wonder. That... He's a, an aquatic creature. They spend they spend most of their life in a in a you know environment that has a lot of water. Now all of a sudden he's in Tatooine on a desert planet. You'd think there would have been some kind of you know you ever seen a frog that stays out of water too long like that. <laughs> Yeah, he should have at least been drinking by the gallons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time you see him, you should have just seen him with like a <laughs> big barrel. Oh, yeah. Annie? Grab a bathtub, Annie? <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the humor for me was one of the biggest disconnects was because it was just so forced. Everything was so... And they went to lowest common denominator humor. They went for fart and poop jokes. Yeah. They went straight to fart and poop jokes. And it's like, that's not what Star Wars is about. That's, yes, Star Wars has humor, but it has, you know, subtle humor, you know, quick one-liners, you know, things like, you know, Han in the in the Falcon going, it's not my fault. It's yeah. not my fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Who I'd rather kiss a Wookiee. Yeah, you never have him and yeah. Han look over at you and go, was that you? Yeah. No, you never had this, the the fart jokes. Right. Uh, no. No. And, and I'll say, yeah. I think you know Liam Neeson. I don't know if it was the script because he's a phenomenal actor, mm-hmm. but I felt oh, that yeah. he was having to force a lot of the Qui Gon. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, Ewan McGregor smoothly fit right in as, as Obi-Wan, as a young Obi-Wan. Yeah. It just seemed to me that Liam was, well, you know, I signed on for this. They sent me the script and now I'm, I'm stuck. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's a phenomenal yeah. actor, well, but his, his, it wasn't that good in episode huh. one for some reason. No. It, yeah. it almost seemed like he was stretching for his lines at some point. Yeah, so. exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you say that because even though that wasn't his best role, he still did a fairly good, I mean, he still did a good enough job that he's finally remembered with the fandom uh, uh, playing Qui-Gon. I mean, well, the fans you know, still a bad, love. A, a bad Liam Neeson is, uh, would take a, a masterful Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> to be. This is cool. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Liam Neeson, even on his worst day, is still a great actor. Right. Right. And that that's a big oh, difference yeah. there. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I mean, if you watch and, you know, forgive me for saying this, I am not committing blasphemy in Star Wars, A New Hope. <laughs> you know, I go back and watch it now and I go, man, that kid, Luke, could, or that guy, Mark Campbell, couldn't act to save it, you know, to yeah. save anything. Yeah. And, and, you know, now he's, you know, one of the greatest around mm-hmm. uh, voice actor mm-hmm. and, and everything else. But in that movie, he kind of sucked as an actor. He did. Well, yeah. Yeah, his wife yeah. was a little. There's... You know, he sure. I knew Anakin was his dad after seeing the trilogy. Um, that explained the whining on Tatooine. <laughs> but I was going to go into Tosh <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes. It's yes. power converters, Uncle Owen. <laughs> you know, one of the things I did like about episode one is that the uh, lightsaber fighting. Oh. was more mm. fluid, more action. Than the original trilogies, yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't yeah. seem as clunky. Yeah, and well, watching in, some of the... In the in, in, watching some of the... The, uh, the option, it, uh, you know, Alec Guinness was not a young man. Right, right. At yeah. the time. And poor Dave Prowse couldn't see out the helmet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a lot of the same things, they just weren't, you know, they did a lot of their own sword fighting in the in there. And I don't think they spent nearly enough time training them. I mean, yeah. You, you listen to Ewan McGregor, and they spent months training them. Training, yeah. Yeah, on, on how well, to do And it. they even said, if you watch any of the uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff that's, that they have now, um, where they go into, they talk about, you know, George talks about the sword fighting scene, the sword fighting and the lightsaber battles and why they changed its... He, he described it like this. He said, when you're watching, you know, the, the fight in A New Hope and in the original trilogy, you're saying... You know, initially you're seeing an old, uh, the first one you're seeing an old man and a guy who's in a mechanical suit. And then in the other ones, you're seeing, you know, this guy who does this big collecting mechanical, mechanical suit and someone who's not really trained, you know, not really. Um, right. And and that's where yeah. I, I disagree with him. He shouldn't have. He and shouldn't then. Have, and, I mean, look at Yoda in episode three. Yeah. Or two. Uh, yeah. Yoda's older than, than either of those guys. And was all over the place. I I think it was just a lot of budgetary stuff. That was a yeah. That was a yeah. hard special effect back in the eighties. Oh yeah, and I mean even no even the biggest you know sword fighting you didn't have the flips and the unless you're watching like a an you know a a, a kung fu movie or right. something like that you didn't see all that kind of flashy you know right. sword and fights were gave us a little bit in in uh, Empire on Bespin. Just yeah. a little bit of that with Luke doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, boy, when they kicked it off for uh, with the greatest character creation, Darth Maul, of that of that entire episode, that entire movie, uh, mm-hmm. 
I will yeah. definitely, I will side with you on that one. When Maul showed up and he started twirling and getting all flashy and he pulled out that double-bladed saber. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he pops that sucker open in the hangar bay there and they're both light, light off theirs. I will yeah. I don't oh. think I handle him at all. I mean, that guy looks badass. I saw that. I put down my green lightsaber. I was like, yeah. where do I get one of those? I want. I want a double. I want two. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that that was the best part of episode one is Darth Maul. And the worst part of episode two is Darth mm-hmm. Maul because of how he's killed off. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Super anticlimactic deaths kind of started to become a thing, I think. With in lightsaber duels? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, look, you know, Obi-Wan. Well, started. just in Star Wars in general. Yeah, Obi-Wan yeah. started it off at A New Hope. Uh, kill me. Yeah. Mir- sh- dead. Boba yeah. Fett gets launched into a Sarlacc pit, and supposedly yeah. he's mm-hmm. like the best bounty hunter ever. You know, Darth Maul gets cut in half. It, it's yeah. like, eh, that could have been cooler. <laughs> right and, and and he gets cut in half having the high ground yeah yeah but that but that was obi-wan's trick he knew he knew how to win well that's because the you know yeah, yeah after doing it obi-wan well yeah that's out, the thing also the high ground only works for obi-wan or obi-wan just said after after pulling it off on darth maul he goes, <laughs> okay i know exactly what anakin's gonna do yeah <laughs> exactly he's gonna flip because i did the same thing and got away with it <laughs> and i trained this kid so I know how he's going to flip over me. That's like Obi-Wan's special Pokemon defense move. The yeah, high ground. I'm going to play the high ground card. <laughs> Dang it. But yeah, I mean, if, if you asked me what was my favorite characterization, it's Darth Maul followed closely by Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. Mm. I mean, that, yeah, that's, if, that's a good one. Have you watched the specials on on how he came about doing that. He did He did the same thing that uh, a Star Trek actor did recently. He went back and watched not just uh, A New Hope. He watched as many Alec Guinness films as he could get a hold of. He learned mm-hmm. to emulate Alec Guinness and then basically played Alec Guinness playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's awesome. And, and yeah. you know, that, that was the whole thing in Star Trek with McCoy. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, he yeah. learned how to beat DeForest Kelly, then... He learned how to be McCoy, and mm-hmm. that is to me brilliant acting. And Absolutely. for some reason, it's him at that time. You know, he, you could definitely tell he was stage trained. Right. What about you, Mark? Yeah. Well, who was your favorite character? Uh, um, definitely Darth Maul. I mean, I think anybody who's seen episode one, the first time you see, <laughs> why are you on the wrong side then? <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> you set him up so well, Ray. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, you have to, you have to love Maul. Um, and I think the only thing that disappointed me was the fact that it wasn't until much later with the Clone Wars that you really get, you really get to know Maul and know Maul's character. And um, I, I, I suggest to anyone who hasn't watched the Clone Wars, especially any of the Maul. Uh, anything with Maul in it through Clone Wars or Rebels. YouTube highlights that are just the Dark oh, Maul's oh. scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. YouTube, I tell And you. you get, yeah, and you get a sense that he wasn't just this monster, this this hunter and this monster that you kind of see, you kind of, that's kind of the view you kind of get through episode one is he's just a tool. 
he's just a killing he's just a killer who goes out and you know no thinking behind it just your palpatine just points them and sick them but then you watch the clone wars and rebels and you find out this guy is super intelligent he is super focused and he is he bought into the sith mentality hook line and sinker like he was a sith's sith as far as the way he thought and the way he went about it you know it wasn't just he was more sith you know than palpatine absolutely oh definitely mm-hmm. I mean, definitely definitely and, I, and maybe it was that's why palpatine pointed him at a jedi master and his and his padawan so, you know to fight simultaneously yeah. i gotta get rid of this guy or i'm toast yeah you know he's gonna follow the yeah. rule of tool and kick to and kill me yeah well, and I think for for um, for Maul, yeah, Maul was all in it about power, but he's also in it because he was in it for at least initially because he believed in the Sith Code. I don't know how much really Palpatine really truly believed in the Sith Code. Um, I think for him, the Sith was joining the Sith and being part of the Sith was the means to an end. Yeah, his his and, power. Yeah. And for Maul, it was, you know, the power of the dark, you know, increasing the power of the dark side, increasing the power of the Sith. So, um, and, and Maul could not have lived as his apprentice. Um, no, there, there is that problem. Maul would have been able to wipe him out with his fighting style. Mm-hmm. And that is and one that of the things I would have just hit. chopped up Palpatine. Yeah. That is one of the things that um, I think I wanted to kind of hit on right now, since you just brought it up is one of the biggest problems with prequels is, and you kind of see that in movies like uh, other Star Wars movies like Rogue One and Solo. And you see that here too, is how is the problem of getting invested in characters that you know aren't going to make it past a certain point? Like when you know the end of the story, how do you get invested in characters? You know, when you first see Anakin... Yeah, you know that there's no Darth Maul. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you know there's no Darth Maul. You know, like, well, Obi-Wan has to train Anakin, so we know how that's going to end up Yeah, with Qui-Gon. You know, you know, you know everyone, you know these people are going to, you know, the minute you see the little Annie, you, you already know right away, like, well, in about 20 years' time, you're going to be in a big black suit. <laughs> um, Being the badass that you are. Right, which you know, of course, mm-hmm. they finally show in Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, clunky yeah. mechanical suit, my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's where I think it all kind of boils down to good directing. You know, Look, it's hard mm-hmm. to introduce new characters that you automatically know you're going to invest your 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 fans into, and then you have to kill them mm. before mm-hmm. you get to that I, time period. Yeah. I think with prequels, one of the things you have to go into it is looking at it as though you have to go into it with the with the question in mind of like, okay, I want to see how everything ended up the way it did, um, and I think that's kind of what you have to do with 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 the prequels is look at them as like, okay, we know how we got there. Now let's go see how we got there. Um, and I think that a director that's one thing that a director like. Um, like Lucas can does is because he doesn't focus so much on character as we, when we talked with um, our friend a few weeks ago um, that he's not a actor's director. He's a storyteller. 
So I think that's one way he was able to kind of work around that is not by necessarily focusing on the character, on individual characters and stuff like that, but focusing on the overall story. And then the only character to really focus on were the main character that were, we were interested in, which in this case was Anakin. So that everything revolved around Anakin. And yes, we know what happens to Anakin, but let's see how everything happens to Anakin to get him to get him where he where he is so and, and, and well but, i would have preferred anakin starting out just a touch older yeah i would too i would too um the, the little tiny kid thing was just a little too much for me as well yeah and, and yeah to be to be honest and, and kind of fair when you're that young it's probably a little difficult to just nail that role whereas a slightly older kid who has a little bit more experience might have been able to pull it off a little better mm -hmm. right yeah yeah, I, I wouldn't have minded, you know, to put Anakin at the age Padme was supposed to have been, and then maybe put Padme a couple years older than that. Yeah, just a couple years. Um, could make it not so creepy in the next episode. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, Padme was just kind of, you know, if we're looking at how she was in the original trilogy, she wasn't even really brought up a whole lot at all. Yeah. Like, just the Ewok villain. Yeah. So they could have really done anything with her character and nobody would have known. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it made, you know, it also even, even making that character a little bit older, it wouldn't have been such a, so, so weird when you have, cause when you go from episode one to episode two, like the look and everything from Anakin changes completely. You yeah. know, Anakin goes from, Little kid to looking completely different. Padme doesn't. You know, Padme looks like she aged five years because she did age five years. <laughs> Whereas it looked like Anakin did age the 10 years that were supposed to have, have been passed from right. episode one to episode. So it looks, you know, it looks completely different. You're just like, wait a minute, you don't look that much older than what you did. You know, I was, in fact, I was waiting for a line for Anakin to say a line. He's like, you don't look, you look exactly the same as I did the first time I saw you. Of course, when you look at Natalie Portman, even now, I mean, does the woman, yeah. I mean, she's, she could still pull off younger, younger roles mm -hmm. and she does. Oh, yeah. oh definitely. Easily. Definitely. Um, definitely. She's yeah. one of those that, that is hedged, aged very slowly overall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by episode two, well, her acting ability had jumped leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She had done several yeah. other movies in between and got much stronger. Um, she'd done a couple movies beforehand. Heat, for one, um, which was a you know phenomenal gangster movie, if you ever want to watch that. And then they brought in a relative newcomer to play against her again. Uh, you know, the same mistake mm -hmm. they did with the, with the, the young guy in, in episode one playing Annie. Uh, you know, you brought in another actor. Yeah. Real Jake new Lloyd. at it. And playing against a stark, strong actress in so many scenes it really made it blatantly obvious that he had no real experience, mm. which was unfair to him because that's what cost him a lot of his prestige in the films. Oh, he can't act. Oh, mm. they made him too whiny. Oh, he doesn't like sand in all those places. Who does, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, everything here is so soft. And, you know, he sounds like at least in that part, uh, you know, a love struck 15 year old. Yeah. You know, talking to a 25 year old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, no kidding. And that I would have definitely liked their ages closer together in, in episode mm, one. So definitely. Because 
you know what they say it's creepy when it's a guy to a girl it's creepy the other way as well yeah when it's when it's any adult to someone that is still considered a child mm-hmm. well well let's let's be fair though if you watch the movie there was at least from what i saw there was no real romantic like to me it was i looked at it like like this in episode one the relationship between anakin and padme is padme looked at anakin as this this little precocious. slave kid yeah. precocious she felt sorry for him she thought you know this is a poor little kid who's you know in a bad spot i think she cared for him but i think in episode one there was no at least from her side there was no romantic feelings i think with him she he looked at her as like this beautiful princess, this beautiful queen, and was smitten. Probably had a huge crush, but I don't think there was. It was reciprocated the other way. I think, and it, I think Padme just, and you can see that in episode two when she sees him and is like, "Oh, oh, well, you've grown up." Right, but I'm still, you know, still and years of you know a teenage boy to a to an adult woman when you consider, yeah. Which how old was Anakin? How well, old was Anakin? I guess in episode he was what? Two? Six or seven in episode one, would you guess? I think it was nine. Wow, he was a small nine or ten. Guy. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he guy. was nine and she was fourteen. She was nine and he was fourteen. So there was like a four, four to five year difference between the two. Okay, it just looks, I guess, maybe because he was so small. Yeah. Yeah, because he was so. Yeah, he was so small. He, and you he could, you could, like, he looked like a know. six or seven year old to me, and sounded like it mostly. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you could you could you could put that up to like well he was a slave he probably wasn't getting as good of food and as good as nutrition as he would have had if he had lived in you know a I don't know. a well to do place this is true this they is were true. living in an actual yeah. house he had his own room and everything so yeah yeah you know, her master there he was a pretty good dude uh, you actually know he cared about Anakin yeah his mom. that's what especially his reaction when he sees him in episode yeah. two. Yeah. You know, Annie? Little Annie? Yeah. You know, he's, he's very happy. Annie? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, oh, I see you're a Jedi now. Please don't cut me up. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> please. Please don't. Um, but, you know, back to episode one, Maul and, and uh, Qui-Gon, and uh, the, the fight scene was phenomenal. Uh, you know, for the first yeah. time, no original music. The uh, That... That was Duel the Fates. Yes. And give it a little bit of that Star Wars y, you know, hint. Yeah. Uh, but still it was yeah. just probably one of the best cinematic battle fight scenes ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was very well. Well, I mean, let's be honest. For it was the best yeah. part of the film. Let let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. Episode one is a one scene movie. Yes. That 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 everybody who watches episode one. Goes right to the duel. <laughs> they usually they'll fast forward it to that scene. And, all right, there we are. We're, and maybe a few of us have edited out the scenes where it leaves the duel for a few minutes and goes somewhere else, and yeah. just chop the duel all together. I don't know who would ever do that. <laughs> so it's just one solid long duel. There you go. <laughs> I think one of the one of the uh, one of the biggest issues I think, and I think I, even George has gone on record as kind of a, of saying this before is and you see this throughout the throughout the tr- prequel trilogies is George had no one telling him no George had no one going through this telling him that's not a good idea or and eh, let's try to do it this way and he had no other directors 
So he had no one else that, you know, he handed it to that could look at the script and say, all right, we can change this. We can change this. We'll do this this way. We'll do this this way. This was because when it was the original trilogy, it was George Lucas up and yeah, you know, up and coming, you know, director, but still relatively new. Right. Now it's George Lucas, creator of Star Wars. He stepped aside as the director. For yeah. Next yeah. Two, um, and took yeah. more AI. This was George Lucas, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he used to be you know, creator of Lucasfilm, LucasArts. You know, industrial light and magic. And yeah, I'm not going to tell him no because he'll fire me. <laughs> I won't get to be in Star Wars anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a lot of a lot of clout he had, and everybody wanted to work with him. And they should have, you know, he needed somebody to tell him that's really a bad idea. <laughs> that's really racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you really shouldn't go there. You know, if yeah. you're going to introduce this character, yeah, this maybe is... not make him so cool. <laughs> if you're going to kill him right at the end. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to kill him off, eh. <laughs> maybe not make him such a badass. He's uh, like, I've been talking to this guy, George, George yeah. R. R. Martin, and I got me an idea. <laughs> <laughs> kill off everybody at the end of the first film. Have <laughs> <laughs> one of the badass, new badasses kill off the other new badass, and then get killed by the kid. He's yeah. Paddle. <laughs> um, you know that was the other thing he took out a jedi master then loses well, the one <sighs> yeah yeah what are you doing loading your pistol Twice. because of what i well, said by the time it sounds like you're around putting rounds into a magazine that's right <laughs> jacking one oh up. sorry <laughs> i was like well hey, i'm glad i'm in california <laughs> you're not He's like i'll show you rebel scum <laughs> so we we good Sorry, on I had my, my vote I think so I think so I think that was a it was a 1C movie I vote mm, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, again I'll watch it it's if it's on than, I'll watch it it's now better than what episode 8 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. still a better love find story out than in Twilight a few weeks. Oh, anything's a better love story than Twilight. Uh, <laughs> sparkly vampires give me a freaking break. Uh, <laughs> so you guys see the news, the Daisy Ridley interview. They, no. uh, I've heard a little bit about it. I haven't had a chance to actually watch it yet. Yeah, I, I read the, the excerpts from it on, uh, on the news today, and it was, uh, yes, Palpatine did not become granddaddy until about oh, I don't know, I guess it was like a third of the filming of the last film. Mm. Oh, that, you know, I um, saw a thing about it. She's supposed to be a, a descendant of Obi-Wan? Ray Kenobi. Yep. Yeah. Kenobi. Was mm. where it was originally going to go. See, and that's what I was pulling for mm. the whole time. I was pulling for that as well. Yeah, yeah I kind of was too. I was, I was either Ray hoping Paul. for a Kenobi or or for her just to just to remain a nobody. Yeah, Like, she just is Ray. Like, she doesn't and I think I think if you would have done that, I think then that would have made the her taking the Skywalker name mean even more. Is that you know it's not like she's rejecting her past. She's just saying like, "Hey, I never was anybody. Now you know I am somebody." I think with that, that would have made it a little bit more palatable than. Um, yeah, well, and, and I don't but, think necessarily would have needed to take. They wouldn't even have needed that little girl walking up. Say, "What's your name?" Uh, yeah. Just the burial of lightsabers as Ray Kenobi would have been yeah. perfect. 
and uh, you know, and he yeah. restarts the Jedi Academy, you know, Skywalker Academy or something. She does that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I think that could have been yeah. a good thing for the whole yeah. final battle with Palpatine. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of calling her Ray and everything else, he spent the whole time. You know, you shall, you too shall die, Kenobi, as did your father, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Or they could have went the yeah, other way, been... and she could have killed that person and said, "I am a Palpatine." <laughs> well, that would have been the best of both worlds. <laughs> and it reformed the Empire and, you know, brought back order to the galaxy. Instead of this chaos. <laughs> Don't be shaking your head, no, Mark. There is chaos in the galaxy now. Look at that. There were all these factions. They had to send messages out to everybody, not just one central government for help. <laughs> People running around all willy-nilly. No fleet concept. Everybody just came charging. Cats in. and... Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Exactly. That's what we've got now. So, you know, some of the things Ray and I have talked about anyway. when, we do the show, when we've done the show without you, Mark. Yeah, some of those would be good. <laughs> Maul comes back. He's grown new. Yeah, and what, what's up with the not growing new legs? Why does everybody get robotic limbs? Yeah. Come on. You got back, Doug. <laughs> you know, come on. Even, be robot- even Starship Troopers could knit a leg back together. Yep. <laughs> and their tech was way, way down. <laughs> no crossing the streams. <laughs> yeah. No crossing the streams. yeah. yeah. So I was Speaking of another. Starts a new galaxy, you know, new empire, and marries Ray, and they have a bunch of little Sith. And... There you go. Well, we will discuss uh, the sequel trilogies soon enough, but uh, first we have to finish up the prequel trilogies, and we will start next week by looking at everyone's favorite movie of all time, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah, totally my favorite. Uh, yeah, like, totally. <laughs> yeah, you know, that way we can we can discuss the secret relationship. Yeah. That, you know, nobody seems to care they were making out on top of the big pillar together in front of all the other Jedi. No, they just glossed <laughs> over that yeah. one. But everybody's, yeah. Yeah, he's been fooling around. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, uh, for all of us here at War of the Stars, thank you for joining us. Uh, those of you who were here, Megan, hello, thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, okay, let's just go through our normal closing. I don't know why I'm just... Uh, uh, Ray, why don't you tell people where they can find you at? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitters under the Leo Effects. And uh, Tuesdays, I play a little uh, game called Shattered Dawn with the people of the Shattered Dungeons podcast. You can always find me here on War of the Stars, now on camera. And, uh, you know, definitely once a month, uh, Joe and I have a little side project that we do. And, uh, He's got a very interesting character in development, so you want to check that out um, by going to Facebook and One Crit Blunders. It's a D&D based campaign and it's different. Yeah. Yeah. And negative experience. Mr. Joe. <laughs> you can down there. Facebook under Joe Cahill, uh, director, producer, or Steamhouse Entertainment. And a couple of little announcements. Um, we have gone to the scoring is going on to our our uh, feature film night mistress so we will hopefully have that out before the end of the year in theaters and, and 
all kinds of different locations. And I have uh, signed on to help produce a new horror flick coming out that we're going to start pre-production on called uh, Death House. And I have submitted the last Battleship script to Dream Cinema LLC out of L.A. uh, for consideration for them coming on board and helping me get that filmed. Cool. Awesome. As for us right here, of course, you can get in touch with us. The best way to do that is by email. You can email us at waroftheSars1 at gmail.com. That is also our Twitter handle, at War of the Stars one uh, Facebook page is War of the Stars, and the Facebook group is also War of the Stars. And, of course, you can hear us and see us now live every week on the RF official home for War of the Stars right here on GetVocal.com. If you want to support the show, um, there's a little V-coin up at the top. If you go to the um, our, our page here on Get Vocal, you'll see a little diamond-shaped thing with the V. You click on that, and you can give us V-coins, and that helps support the show. Or you can just go to Inc, uh, yeah, Patreon, patreon.com back forward slash War of the Stars. Links are in the profile page here on Get Vocal. And on our Anchor page, which anchor.com, anchor.fm forward slash War of the Stars. You can also check us on Spotify, Pandora Radio, pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are heard. You can hear us there. Uh, thank you guys once again for joining us. And as always, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you.